We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. Hey everybody, uh, we have a very special guest this episode. We are going to be talking with Bridger Petrini. He is uh, owner of Tri-State Outfitters and uh, uh, Bear Survivor Extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's a hell of a moniker right there. <laughs> so, um, I've known Bridger for, for a few years now. Uh, uh, he is one of the premier outfitters up here in northeastern New Mexico. Well, Tri-State, so he, he kind of goes all over the place. Uh, Bridger was nice enough to uh, come up with a couple of antelope tags that we used on our Hunt It Forward, and we really appreciate that. Um, those, uh, if you don't know what Hunt It Forward is, that's that's our kind of our program to, to get new uh, adult age people into hunting. And mm-hmm. uh, in 2018, we had two that went and each got an antelope and that was really cool mm-hmm. and those tags came from Bridger and we really appreciate that Bridger for sure um, happy to do it uh, that was a great experience for for those girls and um, anyways I just wanted to kind of start out by letting you kind of introduce yourself uh, tell tell the listeners a little bit about Tri-State and then and then we've got some cool stuff to talk about today so okay sure yeah I um I pretty much guided all my life. We ranched and guided, and we kind of starved out of the ranching in the late '80s. Um, and uh, you know, cattle prices were really tough. And we, my family, would uh, outfit as a supplemental thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just just selling hunts, and that's kind of when commercial hunting was sort of coming, coming on. on. And, and that's uh, and it's interesting because that you say that because you know I uh, I'm gonna pick on my younger brother a little bit. You know he. He cowboys and that's all he ever wants to do and he cusses the antelope and this and that. Clay. Clay well Jay. Jay the Oh Jay, Jay, yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh anyways, uh I've been telling him for years, I, I know you hate the antelope, I know you hate the wildlife, but anybody I think and I think people are starting to realize this, anybody who owns a ranch is starting to figure out that wildlife is making more money than the cows are. Oh, for pound it's they have zero overhead. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you do have feed and grass, and I agree with that, but they're going to be there anyways. Yeah. And so that's the beauty of our state where we get landowner allocations um, compared to other states like Arizona or Wyoming. That I, I could see why yeah. people really, really do hate them because they, you know, they are there. And, they, and, and like it or not, as you guys know, the, you know the, biggest, the biggest promotion of wildlife in the West has been water development. Right, yeah. bar none, Absolutely. and and it had it. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't for ranchers, and yeah. so we have to acknowledge the ranchers for that. Absolutely, but um, yeah. you know, so they're they're providing for the wildlife, whether they know it or not. A lot of them, you know, a lot of them are pretty dang good too, but um, and they're becoming, they're starting to come to realize the supplemental income is so significant. A lot of them ranchers that are sure enough, you know, the old time ranchers, you know, that aren't super bazillionaires. Um, yeah. They, uh, that's what pulled them through that drought was the recreation and so yeah there's a lot to be thinking like I said it's, it's just the, that's the beauty of New Mexico is that they can utilize that resource where those other states I mean you can't hunt your own ranch I mean yeah. there's people that own a ranch in Arizona mm-hmm. for 20 years and they've never been able to shoot a bull on it well I could see where I mean you would want to 
yeah, eradicate them. You know, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I could see it because all they're, you know they're eating your mineral and licking your salt and mm-hmm. drinking your water and tearing up your fences. And yeah. They're worth putting up with, though. You know, if you can utilize the resource. And I think that's really uh, unique. You know, we talk about Wyoming, we talk about Arizona. I think Montana's the same way. I think they're way. pretty tough. Yeah. Um, but I think New Mexico is unique in that sense mm-hmm. because we the the game department has recognized that those landowners are providing a meaningful benefit to wildlife. Huge contribution. And I yeah. think that's something that needs to be uh, needs to be I think promoted more uh, right now. It, it feels like, and I don't know how you feel, but it, it feels like to us there's a, there's a big split between landowners and and public hunters. Right now there seems to be. And yeah, it, it and, really does. And I think and we've we promote it, you know, we say respect each other, try and work with each other. Yep. And, and we really should be because we're, we're on the same side. That's right. That's we're, right. That's exactly right. We're working towards the same goal. We want wildlife. We want that type of thing. But trying to bridge that gap right. uh, is really hard now. Uh, and I, I think it's more a, a factor of how society has gone. Everybody has kind of tried up. Oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah. You see Look, it across politically. society. Politically, right. you see and their strength, their strength in numbers. Exactly. If we would unify yeah. right. as, as sportsmen, state hunters, yeah. outfitters, ranchers, whatever, yeah. we're strong. But Absolutely. then we diversify yeah. into these groups and we end up hating each other. And well, that's take, why we lose a lot. You take, for example, the legislative session that, that is, is going on right now. It's a long session. We, we have a Democratic uh, majority in the House, majority in the Senate, right. Democratic governor, Democratic um, uh, state or land commissioner, Mm -hmm. it doesn't look good for a lot of different topics uh, that are hunting, trapping, and and gun related. That's right. And if we could get everybody on the same page, we would have that strength in numbers. Yes, sir. But like you were talking about, you know, it's it's hard to get everybody on that same page. Right, yeah. right. It Divide is. and conquer. Yeah. And that's what the you that's know what they do. that's what they're doing, and, and uh, it's a sad sad deal. Because like you say, we're all for the common goal. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what's so sad about it. I'm a public hunter. Yeah, you know, we put in for the draws. I can't afford to hunt our leases. I mean, I can't. <laughs> I don't hunt here for free. Contrary to what everybody right. thinks, you yeah. know. What I mean, I've I've not hunted very much to be dead. I mean, I hunt all the time, but like I haven't. I don't have any kind of a trophy room of any kind. You know, right. I've killed just a few animals really and but so we put in for the draws and so i fully appreciate the you know the public land side of it and yeah, it yeah. just seems to me like we could work all this we should real harmoniously and we should yeah for whatever reason that's that's one of our goals um we talk about it all the time education um you know a lot of people's opinions are fact of matter built on ignorance they, absolutely they, that's, you're right they don't take the time and it sounds like I'm trying to call public hunters selfish. That's not what I'm doing. But a lot of them don't take the time to consider the other side. They're just yep. looking at their viewpoint. And most of it is, I want attack. Well, right. there's, I want there's attack. blame on right. both sides. Absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely. The public hunters do stupid things like trespass because mm-hmm. they tear down they, fences, they leave gates they have open. A right to get to this, you know, this land mm-hmm. that is, is locked. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of things, you know, and this is just one example. Private ranch owners post publicly Public accessible land. land, and it's like, God, quit doing that stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It, it, it it is it's two way street, and and 
yeah. you know that's what but that's what we need is we need people to understand you know like public landowners need to understand the private ranchers that is their income you know if, if it's a large ranch that's their income right. that's not so if you're out there messing with that you're messing with their livelihood mm, not that's just correct. not just it's their no different than going shooting one of their cows exactly it's not just their recreation when it's on that land that private correct private it's, land. it's their yeah. livelihood right and then you know if private landowners would understand we just want to hunt but there are they're they're bad on both sides they're Absolutely good on both sides yeah. and if we could find a way to come together and and fight for the common goal that would be a good well, thing and, and i think the other thing that people need to understand is we're not asking you to accept everything from someone you may not fully agree with but there are certain common areas where we can agree and in those areas, we ought to come together. We're all pro-hunting. We're all pro-gun. We're all pro-guns, pro yeah. Uh, right. You know, predator control. Right. You know, there's right. going to be an anti-trapping bill. There's an anti-calling anti contest huh? bill that has been introduced, and it will. Uh, there, it's actually going to be, uh, you know, litigated, or not litigated, I should say, are going to be argued at the state legislatures. Is that right? So those are areas where landowners and sportsmen can come together and why not do that right don't don't hold those petty differences well right you know i got kicked off of a private you know right. private ranch back eight ten twenty right. years ago so i'm not gonna rancher. it doesn't right. it doesn't right. and yeah doesn't mean you gotta agree with everything they say but you ought to right. be able to come together on that issue so. yes obviously we've got common common Obviously. ground you right know, yeah. things in common i guess yeah. you know yeah so we yeah. got off on a kind of a little little tangent there. I guess I'll let you get back to kind of uh, a little bit of your background and yeah. try to stay out for Yeah, just time. to pick up where we were at, we we um you know we ranched and it was a supplemental thing was the hunting. My you know my family did it, and uh, it got to where the hunting was making more money than the cattle were. So I've I've actually lived that scenario we yeah. just talked about, and um, I see both sides of it. You know for sure. Um, and and it just got bit, kind of it grew bigger and bigger, and then. Uh, as, as I got older, um, I started guiding more full-time, like in the falls and stuff. And Dad made me like apprentice one year, you know, and I had to gut everything. And they'd kill something and drive two hours to come get me to go gut it. Yeah. You know, they hammer on me pretty good, <laughs> which is good. You need to pay your dues. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so I, I'd do that kind of thing. And, uh, and then, you know, just was with Dad for a long time. And uh, then in 2010, um, I bought him out. And he now exclusively outfits in Mexico in the state of Sonora. For mule deer and uh, desert bighorn sheep and coos deer. Oh wow! Yeah, and a uh, few few turkeys, them Gould's turkeys. And um, anyway, so yeah, now I started my family here. Um, I got married in two thousand one, and uh, and uh, just been here in northern New Mexico since two thousand. I guess the spring of two thousand, March or so. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I can't see myself ever living anywhere else. I I really really like it. And um, that's where we're at, I guess now. So we've got a you know the business has grown exponentially. We've been blessed like incredible i've got the best crew of guides i won't speak for myself having any talent but I've, i have the best guides in the industry there's none better yeah and um, they're really really good i got hurt this fall you know or well it wasn't this fall i guess this uh summer and uh, you know we didn't skip a beat so that was that was a blessing there to uh be able to go on and and just have help like that and not have to worry i didn't have to worry either when like i was laying there worrying you know yeah. and uh so that was pretty nice and um i guess uh, so we have four children um 14 well, she's fixing to be 14 here in six days, 14, 11, um, six, and almost three. So 
yeah, we've got a good big family. Yeah, you got a handful. A handful, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. But they're good help too, so they're they contribute for sure. And um, I guess that's kind of it. I don't know how much more detail, no, 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 in depth detail you want, but that's kind of in a scope. I'm 38, fixing to be 39. I can't believe that either. But, but uh, well, we're we're right there together. I'm, right. I'm maybe a year ahead of you. So are you? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I feel like I hadn't done much with my life. He's got this big old. Network of outfitter right? network. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just kidding. Oh no, shoot! Um, I mean, that, there's always that's something I you know everybody wants to be the boss. You're in that position too now, and and um, everybody wants to be the boss all the time. And there's a lot of times I would love to just take my orders oh, in the I, morning, I, right? Do my job, that. not yep. be bothered. Yeah. Yep. And um, so, but no, I mean we still have been blessed, and we're uh, we take uh, I think this year we took 340 hunters yeah. oh, uh, wow. between Colorado and New Mexico here, and. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 kind of grown into and a so, monster. Right? You guys cover the, all species, or are you, are you just big game, or what do you? Guys? Pretty much big game. We do, um, yeah. You know, of course, all your staple species. You know, elk, mule deer, antelope. We hunt whitetails. We're getting starting to a little bit here in New Mexico, but Colorado, we've hunted whitetails, and then uh, what did I miss there? Antelope, bear, lion, um, turkeys. Yeah. And we do some predator stuff too. Um, not very much of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Drives me nuts because nobody can shoot. Seems like <laughs> I hate calling a coyote. Something they and miss missing them. Of course, oh, I miss them. That's okay, but I get mad. Yeah. But, but no, we don't do much of that. There's okay. not. There's not a lot of money in it. And it's. It's kind of hard to open the lodge and yeah. for uh, predator hunts. It's just. It's just tough. Yeah. To get a, to generate enough revenue there. So more that's kind, more kind of a bonus type of deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lion hunter kills his lion early or something, then we'll go take him predator hunting there and you go. try to kill a bobcat or something. So. Yeah. Um, I know I know you've got some really good uh, lion dogs, and I've been I've been trying to tag along with you on for lion years, uh, for years now. It. Yeah, uh, take us through a little bit of that, because because here in New Mexico, it's so I, I guess I'll back up and say it's interesting. You know, throughout the states, uh, different in the United States, the different states, what's legal, what's not. You know, uh, back east and up north, uh, baiting bears is legal. Here right. in New Mexico, it's not. Right. And and so those viewpoints are very interesting because they're very uh, region centric. Right. Uh, where in some areas they would consider running running cats or running do- uh, bears with dogs to be, you know, not ethical. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Give us a sense of, of why you like to do that. What I mean, what what's the draw to to doing <clears throat> that, and and what got you into it in the first place? Be- bears and lions bears in general. Lions, yeah. So hound work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like. Um, my dad didn't have hounds. I didn't grow up with hounds. Um, I remember he, he had a job for a few years in South Texas. He ran a ranch down there, and we got to go with a guy that had bobcat dogs and, and uh, hog hunted a little bit mm-hmm. with dogs. They, we didn't have them, but they, you know, there were some guys that had come on that ranch. And um, I really liked that hunting. I, it just really intrigued me with those dogs. And uh, then it went you know, for years without doing any of it. And after I had already left the nest I think I went back they'd moved to Delta Colorado for a little bit my parents did and um, they had a neighbor move in and then they team roped my parents team roped mm-hmm. and they built an arena well they had this neighbor move in and it was John and Deb Kane and um, I don't know if John Kane rings a bell to you he's been dead for a while he was a wildlife services guy okay he's from Patagonia Arizona down there on the border mm-hmm. um, and uh, John worked for wildlife services and all he mainly did was um large carnivore stuff with mm-hmm. hounds yeah. and see there they've got all them big sheep herds on the western yeah. slope and I mean they have big time predator trouble you yeah. know yeah. On, on the sheep of course everything wants to kill a sheep 
and uh, I, John, I, I come home for I, I you know. I'm pretty sure sheep just are born looking for they, a place to die. They are. Right. Yeah, no. They're, they're not right. particularly challenging. <laughs> no. You know, you could kill them. You know, with your hands. But they. Um, so he he um, they started. He John wrote, and so John and Deb both wrote. So they met my parents somehow, and they started roping with them. Well, then I come home. I just bumming around rodeoing, and it was kind of in the off season, and I stayed home for a month or something, and uh, just kind of roped and was rodeoing around uh, the western slope over there, and. Uh, I, I met John, and he's a super guy, and um, John invited me to go bear hunting with him. Of course, I was all in. You know, He said he had a bear killing a bunch of sheep, and he was just every day going. Yeah. And so I went with him, and a bear had killed like nine ewes that night. And uh, I'll never forget, he ate the bags off of all of them. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting because I've actually seen that happen. It's like candy to them. It is. Yeah. Uh, uh, young young heifers, they'll do that. They'll just they like that. They'll kill them, and then, and then they'll eat that the right. butter out of them. It's right, crazy. they love that milk, you yeah. know. I guess in the bloody there, yeah. you know. So, um, anyways, we <clears throat> we caught two bears that morning, and uh, I was just blown away by it. And I was pretty young then, you know. I, I guess I was probably like, um, what have I been about nineteen, mm-hmm. I think. And then, uh, so I had to get some dogs, you know. And it was there about. I might I might have turned twenty, you know, or there sure. somewhere in there, and uh, got some hounds. And they were junk, of course, you know, just whatever somebody would give away and. I try to tell everybody that wants to start, you know, you got to bear start down. With good stuff. Bear down and spend some money. It'll it'll save you money in the long run. And you know, it's so funny how often you hear that about anything about you know good gear. Right. It, it never right. works. Everybody starts out with junk. And Walmart later on. And you spend like, twice as much on exactly. it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, like a custom pair of cowboy boots. They yeah. cost you seven hundred dollars, but they last but you fifteen, last years. 15 years. Right. Exactly. Where were the two hundred fifty dollars pair of boots? You wear them out over six months. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so funny it, that. You know, you hear that over and over and over again, and yet there are so many people that yes, won't do it. Myself, I mean, right? Yeah, guilty as anybody. I'm, right. I'm getting into. I'm, I'll be 40 this year, mm-hmm. and I am just now learning that quality. You got to pay for quality, but right. quality lasts longer. That's right. right. It's crazy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. We Absolutely. we learned it on that on that two B hunt. You know, yeah. both of us, like you said, you know, I don't know how many pairs of Walmart camouflage. Uh, clothes I have, um, cheap and cheap long johns, yeah, all that stuff. You're right. you're you're changing clothes twice a day, or you know you can't wear it multiple days because it just gets worn out and dirty and stinky and stuff like that. And we went and bought that first light gear, and you can wear that stuff a week. I mean that's just good stuff. Mm-hmm. Keeps and, you warm. No, we are. You don't and have you don't have to have seventeen not, layers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily just the first light, but that you know, that merino wool under yeah. layers. Oh, Any, stuff's anything like huge that is difference. just ridiculously good. Yeah. And mm-hmm. You're gonna pay for it. It it, yeah, it wasn't you're cheap. paying for quality. Right. It wasn't right. cheap, that's for sure. But yeah, it's fantastic stuff. Yeah. So I agree. Perfect example right there. So, mm-hmm. anyways, back to your yeah. dumb dogs. <laughs> yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, it would just, it takes some bulldog tenacity, you know, to, you got to be about half dumb, I think, is what it boils down <laughs> to. You know, a smart guy won't stick with it or won't do it. And uh, I just, uh, I remember years and years and years of frustration. And then I started taking some hunters because I had resources to take hunters because yeah. we had all this other outfitting business. So I had it a little easier as far as getting lion hunters that way, but I have no business taking them. I'll be honest with you. I should send all them guys money back, you know, if I could find them. Now I thought I did. I mean, I had good you intentions. Might, you might get people calling here, right? Well, no that's, kidding. Not, that's not true because nobody really, uh, we, we have, we have a few listeners. So those guys right. probably aren't listening. To yeah. Us, but but it, it, I just, I, I thought I did. I had good intentions, but looking back at it, I mean, it was like, 
know, driving where you haven't, you know, getting your license when you've only driven twice, yeah. you know, and yeah. I just didn't have any business and, and uh, they would just run junk. You just never, when they barked, you know, or started opening on a track, you never had a clue what they were after. And I had them run deer and elk out in front of us or run a coyote, you know, and, <laughs> and um, let me shut the door. No, that's okay. And, and uh, anyhow, they, um, uh, it was just a frustrating, frustrating deal, incredibly frustrating for a long time. And I, and I remember, I, I, like the first year I hunted, I hunted a lot. And I was here, and I didn't kill anything. I didn't catch anything uh, um, at all. I mean, it was just terrible. And I finally got a really old, wore-out dog. She was sure honest mm -hmm. and, and, and knew what she was doing, and that was enough to kind of help get them puppies going a little bit. And I caught a lion. And uh, I remember catching him on a mesa over here, and I caught him, I baited him on a big, big ledge, like a yeah. 150 foot ledge. That's the oh, first wow. line I ever caught. So that was kind of extreme. And now, you know, gonna, I, I was going to say, it's probably one of those things where where it's the dog that has chased cars in his yard all day long and finally gets out and, and gets a hold of one, doesn't know what to do with that's, it. That's right, <laughs> yeah. So I was just blown away. Here I got this, it was a nice big tom, just happened to be, bait on a ledge, and, uh, Beautiful, you know. Now I'd be crawling out there taking pictures, you know, and, and uh, you know, take your time a little bit. And the second I shot, saw him, I just blew him off the rock. <laughs> he fell like 150 feet down. I shot him with like a 300 wind mag, and, and uh, he fell off. I couldn't get him till the next morning because it was late in the evening when I got him caught. So I just left him down yeah. there. It was cold, you know. And yeah. So we went in. I got my brother to come help me, and we went in and hauled him out there the next morning. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, anyways, that was my first line. That was, you know, then then it was gratifying. But then there, I don't know how many hundreds more deer chasings I had after that before you caught the next one. And it just, um, I don't know. It's, it's. I never. I bought a few dogs. Um, I did. I bought one. He was a yearling actually, and he ended up being one of the best hounds I ever owned. But um, it was a struggle, you know, going with him even because he's a year old. They're not broke, you know. It's like a good two year old colt, you know. That doesn't mean he's not going to buck you off if you, you know. Yeah. You yeah. just got to watch them, and so. But it, it started progressing, and you know, without boring you with every detail, we started catching a few bears, and um, it just kept going. And, and uh, finally, you know, we um, we just kind of developed and got a real good broke pack of dogs. And I do have, you have different dogs for bears and different dogs? I for don't. Bears? Ideally, a guy would, but if I did that, I'd have to have fifty dogs. Yeah. It, and so. Can't really it, afford to pay for that. No, and it, it um the bear hunting thing I've kind of I've got forty right now, but I I, I uh, I've got some puppies that kind of figure into that. But I try to keep about twenty mm -hmm. or so around. You know that are all pretty capable. Mm -hmm. Some of them are going to be younger than others, but uh, where I can break them up into two or three packs if I need to, because uh, like that summer bear hunting in August or even line hunting. Like um, if you're making big loops and they're on the ground, you know whether you're horseback and or road hunting them, you know, or something like that, where they're running a lot. You, whether you're catching anything or not, you're going to start wearing them out. Yeah. And they just get to where they don't have a lot of energy in the mornings, even, you know, right out of the, you want them where they've, you know, they're hunting Ready and looking go. around. And uh, when you do hit a track, they've got the horsepower to go catch him. Yeah. Um, where if you've got them just burned out, they'll hunt every day, but then you hit a track and if you got a line that wants to push them a little or they got a trailing a long ways, you, um, you they, they just don't have the steam to, to really get up and push that son of a gun to yeah. make him to catch him, you know, if you got one that wants to go a little. So I try to be able to rotate them, and so it's just evolved in. And I tell you that I have the brokest, and, and again, this is all from my perspective. So yeah. from a lot of guys' perspective, my dogs are probably junk. <laughs> but um, that, so that's just on my perspective. Yeah. I like them, but they work. They work for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I have some. I've, I've got a handful of them that are just if they if they bark, it's a bear lion. There's no question about it. They are 
absolutely broke. Yeah. And I always wondered would I ever have them kind of dogs because I got some of these. But well, Warner Glenn or you know Brandon Jones or some of these guys, Sam Derringer down south that, that got great dogs. You know, and I mean they got some that are what you call check dog broke. You know, they're mm-hmm. just iron. Well, I've got them now, yeah. and I I mean I never would have dreamt in a million years. And I took a client last week, no, the week before, and <clears throat> we were riding up a canyon. And they started and got out of there. It was a little odd how they started. I won't bore you with the details on that. And they went up a big canyon and they treed. Yeah. And uh, anyhow, you know, I can't walk very good still. And it was so gnarly. You couldn't ride in there. And so um, I, a boy that worked for me, old Nick, I sent him a foot in there with the hunter. And they got down there and them son of a bucks had treed a gray fox. Really? The oldest, most honest. If I had to pick one, the most honest one. He was there, like the next most honest one. They haven't run trash in four years, yeah. or more maybe, you know, yeah. since they were puppies, those yeah. dogs. They'll all run trash when they're young if they've yeah. got any salt to them. Yeah. But they caught a stinking fox. I mean, it was just, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I called, Nick was calling me on the radio. I said, you're lying. I said, I'm telling you, I'm fixing to light them up with them shocking callers thinking I'd booger Nick. Yeah. And he's not much of a joker anyways, Nick. Yeah. He's real dry too. And I said, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm fixing to burn them bad. You know, so I thought that would spook him out of his yeah. joke, you know. And he's going to say, no, 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 don't do it. You know, I'm just yeah. kidding. We got a line caught. He said, no, I'm dead serious. <laughs> they had a picture of that son of a gun. But, uh, yeah, so, no, it just, it was a long, long, long road to hoe. And, uh, but now they're, and, and they are, it's just my favorite thing to do. And without boring you with a bunch of stupid details again, I just, I love it. I mean, well, I, especially I, lion hunting. I, I like the, the details, <laughs> but uh, we probably don't have time, uh, right. all the time in the world. So, but yeah. I do want to, I do want to kind of mention here, uh, we we did a podcast with my brother about trapping. Um, hearing you talk about about dogs, and, and I know very little about running dogs, and just from the little experience that I've had with some different uh, guys that have dogs, you know, they, like you were talking about, you know when they bark what it is, you know, when they tree by yep. the bark. I think this is one thing that we don't do very well as sportsmen is convey all the nuances and all the little intricacies and the complexities that come with not just hunting but with the different disciplines in hunting mm-hmm. running hounds <coughs> trapping yeah. all of those things they're just there's just so much that goes into it right. and we don't do a really good job of articulating that and or demonstrating that to help people understand this really truly is a sport and, it, and right. it's a, a, there are many things that right. it becomes an art form right you know so, so hound hunting, I guess to, to advocate for it, where this is absolutely a slam dunk, I, I can't lose this argument with anyone that will reason, Yeah, is it is the only form of catch and release hunting there are. There, there is, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. And I have nothing against spot, any form of hunting, you know, as long as it's ethical yeah. and within the law. Um, you can't, a lot of these spot and stock guys... You know, some of them Canadians or Alaskans, they're experts at judging bears. They see 50 bears a day. Right. Here, that ain't how that works. No. And, you know, you see a big old bear, and I'm the well, world's worst. Know. You could go into Raton and just look That's true. Just that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's so yeah. many bears in Raton. That's true. You might be able to do that. That's true. But, you know, a big old bear will walk right. out in the clearing, yeah. and I'm the world's worst. Bears all look enormous. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, you know how they, well, they ground shrink na- bad. Naturally, they, they just look big. Uh, I don't know how many people that I've talked to that said, you know, I've got a bear. And you ask him how big it is. Oh, he's got to be 200 pounds. Well, a little bitty old cub. Right, exactly. Know? But they yeah. always look big. Right. And yeah. so what I'm saying with the spot and stock thing, and not that I, I have nothing against spot and stock, mm-hmm. but, you know, they, you know, that big old bear steps out in the clearing, and boom, they shoot it, and then two cubs come running out behind it. Yeah. 
And, 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 you know, that doesn't happen a lot. I'm not saying it does, but, like, that's where hound hunting, you know, I can see if, a, if you've got a tit-bellied lion, you know, a female. Mm-hmm. She, she doesn't have cubs with her. That's a legal lion yeah. right there, okay? Mm-hmm. And nobody can say anything about it, right? That's a legal lion. But I can sit there and look at her, and I can see that she's sucking cubs yeah. or kittens. And, and so, I, you know, obviously we're going to turn her loose. Yeah. And, and um, it, it is, it's, it's catch and release. So, so we, you know, you can be very sex-specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whether it need be or not, but but you can be very sex specific, and so that's the, that's the beauty of hound hunting, and all this myth about how they catch and kill all the cubs on the ground, why they won't let a spring hunt, and things like that. Not to get into a big um, discussion about you know that kind of stuff, but uh, that that stuff just doesn't. Ha- I'm not saying it hasn't ever happened, yeah. but it, yeah. I have caught hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bears in my life, and it just. It just you know how cubs are. I mean, yeah. you clap your hands, they're poof, they're up a tree, tree yeah. you know, instantly. Oh. That's their. They got to do that to stay alive because their own worst enemy is their is each other. Oh yeah, those well, big old boars. Oh. They kill they cubs want. like crazy. And lions, same thing with toms. The lions the same way. Yeah. Tom lions the worst predator on lions there are. Yeah, those, yeah. Just, those make that circuit kill kill kids. They do. Yeah, they do. So that'd be my big push, and nobody can argue that. Well, that's a, that's actually thing. really really cool and. I think I've never heard anybody explain it that way. And, no, and it's you're right. Yeah, it's the only that. catch and release hunting we've got. Yeah, on predator stuff, I mean, you know. So mm. I'll take catch and release. I, I would throw trapping in. There. Yeah, uh, uh, you, absolutely right. That's a target specific yep. deal, and and the trap. I mean, it's you got something hanging on to you. It's yeah. not nowadays. We got offset jaws. Yeah. We got laminated jaws. Well, Lots like, of guys like, use rubber padded jaws. Like I said, we just did that podcast with Ty talking about all that, and we've done one prior, but. But like with like with hound, and this is the other interesting part, is hound hunting and trapping both are fairly, uh, in in certain circles, are viewed as oh. extremely archaic. Oh man! Yeah, barbaric. Yes, absolutely. Is. When yeah. they are almost more the most humane, humane and more <laughs> like you said, species and, and gender specific. Yeah. yeah. Because of how right. they're done. And, and make no mistake, nothing against those other guys no. that, that are spot and stock hunting. They have just as much right to be yeah, there. Absolutely. But I'm just advocating for the, yeah. the hound hunting side of the sport. It's yeah. super, super target specific. Yeah. You can be very yeah. selective with what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. And yeah, like I said, I never never thought of it like that, but you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Um, so let's, I know you've told this story a million times. <laughs> Uh, but let, let's get into into your encounter with the bear and and uh, and that whole thing, and, and then maybe talk about some of the the lessons learned, and, and, and if you got any advice for anybody down the road, you know. What yeah. I mean? uh, take take us through this. You, you know, this summer. When was it? It was July, wasn't it? July twenty fifth. July twenty fifth. Twelve three p.m. And the only reason I know, <laughs> he knows very well. Who's counting? Uh, I was actually, when when I heard that you you gotten attacked, I was on my way back. I'd been in the wilderness mm-hmm. working on, on on a cabin up in the wilderness. I just packed out and I was in Vegas mm-hmm. when I got. That's what I thought. I thanked him for being there. He really helped a lot. I could have used him <laughs> to kind of kind of help on that deal. Yeah, I just right. had to build Clint. Yeah. No, Clint so, did a great job too. So take us through that kind of what happened that day and 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 what your thoughts were and then. I really, um, you know, I've heard the story, but mm-hmm. but not just just pieces from your mouth. So I'd like to hear it from your mouth and see kind of because I've heard 
other viewpoints, but mm -hmm. I'd like to hear. You bet. Me. You bet. So yeah, um, you start finish kind of thing. Sure. Yep. It's going to take a while if you want me That's to be right. specific. Have at it. You know, I like to talk. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, uh, July 25th, I exercising my dogs. Again, we hunt so early with the bear season, mm -hmm. August 16th. It's hot, and um, you got to have them dogs hard as nails. You know, you really do. And so they're south of my house on that county road. Mm -hmm. I've got a loop I've made for 18 years there, and it's about 10 miles, and I run their butts off. I keep them in a high lope the whole time. Yep. We'll hit water holes here and there, you know, but I, I'll leave later, too. I don't go, like, right early in the morning. I want to make it hard on them as far as the heat's concerned because you're trying to condition them. So I left out of there at like 11, approximately, maybe a little before. and uh, But I had to go to town. That was an important part of the story, I guess. I had to go to town. I had some appointments mm -hmm. um, at the mechanic and different things. And Donnie had stood him up like twice already on this one <laughs> appointment. I couldn't make it. And I'd have to call and cancel with him. So I was on a little bit of a schedule, and I made this <clears throat> loop, you know, south of the house. And you go through the gap there, there's two mesas come together. And that's the only mm -hmm. point really there of any probability of, hitting a track of something. I've caught oh, yeah, a lot of two Yeah, that's kind of a natural corridor through it, there it because is. it's the only place you can get through those, that, that mason And the lines. way a predator come through exactly. there. It's not a hot spot at all, but it's it, they do. I've caught some lines well, out like of there. And that creek kind of running down there. It's, it's, it's a corridor, it's, so you got to kind of chance it to get through there. I don't like going north because if they did scatter somehow puppies, they could get to the highways, yeah. you know, potentially. So I like going south. and I go in and make this big loop, and I had, I had done made the loop, and then I come back. And I was on my way back, and you know the dogs are pretty loped down, and they're already in pretty good shape, but they're you know they're starting to fill it a little. And we go, and we get right into that gap, right where we get along that big artesian spring that starts that creek right there, and uh, they just blew up. I mean, just blew up like incredibly hot track. What I mean by that, and they started, you know, they just went to whipping their tails and just tore out of there and went to the east side, headed north on the Blosser side. Mm -hmm. um, there, that's the, the mm -hmm. mesa on that side. Mm -hmm. um, and so they roar out of there. I'm thinking, great, you know, I'm, I'm on time, and I'm late all the time anyways. And so I'm thinking, you know, I've got cutting her close. I don't need to be. And I knew they'd started a, you, you a must, barrel line. You must run like I do where you just got... Just you behind know, constantly. Yeah, all yeah. behind. I am. I yeah. just, I, yeah. Uh, and so... And any time that you actually have an appointment that you got to make, something comes up. Inevitably, yeah. 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 I'm just not a good time manager. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's why, that's why your wife runs the, that's runs right. the business. That, right? Yeah, you got to fit. You know. So that's true. And uh, so anyways, they tore out of there. And, you know, I didn't know what they, it's either a barrel line because all my good dogs went, you yeah. know. And so um, they tore out of there and I had a pile of them with me and 25 dogs or something there. And um, they they went up the rim a little bit. And so I started going, I was just on a side by side and uh, I was cruising down the county road there. And uh, I come around the corner and um, I think I had seen them yet. I'm not sure, but my phone rang. It doesn't really matter, I guess, but my phone rang and Ty... My, my oldest son and Delaney were outside. Their mama had them doing something working behind the house. Well, they could hear them dogs, and they know, you know, they, they've gone a lot, and they know, they could hear them dogs yeah, running they go, something. They go with you all the time. All so the they, time. They're getting that, that ear. Yeah, they, they like know. Yeah, they, they do, for sure. And so they get they gets their attention, and they start looking. Well, they see this big red bear going down the rim in front of the dogs. And so Ty calls me on the phone and says, hey, the dogs are got a bear jumped over here. They're going down the rim blosser by the house. And I said, yeah, I'm just in the gap here. I'm... I mean, I know, you know, I'm in the loop. They don't know if they got away from me or something. Yeah. So going along there, he said, well, can I go with you? I'll go get them. And I said, yeah, you can come. I said, just run out to the road, you know, because I'm in a hurry here. And I, and so he, he runs across there about, you know, 400 yards or something. He runs across and jumps in the buggy with me. And we start going. We see him, and it's just a great big old boar. You know, I can see that. You know, mm -hmm. and he's, he's 200 yards or so from me. Just, you know, he's just walking down the rim. And um, 
he, they go on and my so we we keep kind of paralleling them and you kind of got them you know they just got it jumped I, I don't have any callers on them I, I, a lot of times I don't call them whenever I'm there just exercising just being lazy mm-hmm. so I can't tone them you know to get them get their attention get off so they just jumped the bear so dang it you know whatever and so they're going around there so yeah. let me let me mm-hmm. uh, I was just gonna just questions pop into my head so Absolutely. bear with me on it oh yeah no pun intended no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> Does that happen often where you, where you can actually see the animal that, that your dogs are on? Because they're, they're following a trail, right. and you may be able to see that animal. Does that happen? That's often? right, especially when they get it jumped. Yeah. When we say jumped, you, you, in hound dogology, you, you, you're trailing. That's where they're smelling scent, Right. just smelling scent. And, and let's say a lion walked through here eight hours ago, and then they trailed out, and he's laid up in a bluff up here. And they trail, trail, trail slow because the scent's eight hours old. Mm-hmm. And now they get into the bluff and there lays the lion. Sometimes he'll jump out right in front of them right. or sometimes he might start trotting out of yeah. there when he hears them getting too close. Yeah. That's what we, when they hit that brand, brand new scent, That's what they call either them. they seem or, or they hit that, they're jumped okay. because the gotcha. animal's moving. So, so you follow me there. But it depends on where you're at, how thick it is. But a lot of this Mesa country... You'll get up high or get on the rims, and you can see, you get to see them a lot in this country. Yeah. Them guys that hunt them big timber country, you know, they never see. Them. I'm never something across the road if they get real lucky, you know, yeah. but they they don't see a lot, you know, and, yeah. and 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 I don't either in certain certain parts of the country, but yeah, you know, bears is more so. Lions are sneaky. A lot of times they're there, and you just don't notice them. Yeah, and yeah. then I've seen them, you know, out there too, jumped, you know, running away from the dogs, but so. Yeah, it happens, I guess, and uh, especially there where it's pretty open to cedar yeah. stuff and small mesas. And yeah. So anyhow, they ran around, and, and we were paralleling. Well, my phone rings again. It's my wife, and my sister was staying with us this summer. She stayed with us like six weeks, and uh, she had never seen a bear, and, and ever seen a bear in the wild. And, uh, you know, where we grew up, there weren't any bears, and then uh, she lived in South Texas her whole adult life, so she wanted to see a bear, and she'd been talking about it the whole time she'd been here, how she wanted to see a bear. So Janelle says, come get Bonnie. So she can go see the bear. I said, I ain't got time to go get Bonnie. Like, I've got to go. You know, we'll go see a bear some other time. Take her to rat home. home. Yeah. <laughs> I should have done that. And so I, I, I kind of blew it off. And I said, I might, you know, and I'm, well, I'm impatient. I'm going around. Well, uh, we get around there on the Plum West side yeah. on the county road there by that rough road that goes up. Yep. And here they come. And so my wife, Janelle, threw the other three of our kids and uh, my sister in, mm-hmm. uh, I got a little Toyota hunting pickup and started following me around. So we get around the north side. They kind of went across the top a little bit and then they popped down. Those bears like staying in the rough stuff. Yeah. And uh, got up there. Sure enough, we got to see them several times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, them walking him across places and they just, they're smart. You know, they can't get too close, you yeah. know, because they're dangerous, yeah. the bear is. And they'll, uh, they'll, uh, good bear dogs will follow along and bay real close. You know, yeah. they really pressure just one. Just kind of push. Trying to get push, him pushed push, up push. a tree, you know, and, and, uh, one thing about him was <clears throat> I've only seen a few that were like this aggressive. So he was extremely, extremely dog aggressive. A lot of them, it's just like a cow getting after a cow dog. They'll, they'll kind of go at one and the dog gets away so fast they just quit. It's more like a bluff. Yeah. Bears do that a lot too. Some of them don't pay any attention to them. They'll just walk all day long. And they're bull of the woods. You know, yeah. you got a great big boar and they just yeah. don't, they, it, it's not enough to pressure them. This bear would run one like 100 yards across the... I'm talking flying, like the dog is running as hard as he can run. He is trying to catch and kill them. And I I noted it, you know, like, man, that sunbuck is nasty, you know. We were talking about it, and the kids were, man, look at him. And and my sister got to see the bear, and that was all great. 
man, I look at my time. And, you know, we'd gone on around now a little ways there. It's a couple of them ring cones in yeah. over there and, and uh, on around going toward Green Mountain. And so uh, we got to watch him a lot. And he finally started, but it was real hot. You know, it was like 90 degrees. And so the bear's getting hot. The dogs are getting hot. Don't take very long in that kind of heat. And there's that second ring cone in there. He started baying, just, just kind of baying. And when we say baying, um, that's when they're holding. Yeah. You know, like if they're bayed. They're, they're just sitting there, and the dogs are baying at them, I guess, is where just that would come from. Kind of corner them or yeah, right. get them. Yeah, he's just sick, of, he's sick of traveling, yeah. you know, so he would just bay. And I can listen to them dogs and tell, like, when he'll rush them, even if I can't see it, you can tell how they react. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could hear him, you know, he was he'd get after him, you know, but he was just kind of holding. And then he'd move a little bit, and he'd hold for a little while. And then I, I look at my watching it's like holy cow you know i gotta get i'm really gonna be late here <laughs> so i told janelle and and that's where a lot of this the i call them miracles i believe they are um started coming into play you know one one is just all them getting with me right there that's that's a key key thing there and uh, i told them i said i said janelle i gotta run up there and, and get them some guns i'm gonna be late and she said all right she said i'm gonna go home then with the pickup and i said no stay here because i can load dogs in the truck and i get home quicker so, Big, big component right yeah, there. Right yeah. there was. Okay. And then um, uh, the other thing, I'd have been alone with my son. Well, he just sure enough went with me. Yeah. You know, Ty would have went with me then. And so I take off a foot and I start going up there and I grabbed a pistol out of my pickup. See, that and that kind of stuff, you start getting real complacent. You guys, that's why I got on all your butts about don't be stupid. You know, I mean, just that's still a big, very, very dangerous animal. Yeah. You know, you guys deal with them more than anyone does, yeah. more than I do. And, um, uh, you know, you got you just don't that complacency will get you bit. Yeah. You know, pun intended. And, and uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I I happened to grab that pistol out of the pickup, and um, it was a, a Glock 20 10 millimeter. It's a big you know uh, semi-auto pistol, but it had self-defense rounds in it. Um, not big heavy bear loads. That plays into the role a little bit too. But I just stuck it in my belt. I just had a leather belt on. You know, I stuck it in my belt. And away I go. Well, Delaney starts following me, my oldest daughter, and uh, Janelle hollers at her. And says, hey, stay down here. She said, I need you to help me move this, these vehicles. Not that she was so worried about the bear, because Janelle's pretty used to this, too. So that's another, think of that one right there. Yeah. You know, that kept her from going, because she was going right up the hill with me. So I go up there, and um, I, I'm hiking, and I had destroyed my ankle. I don't know if you even knew that, but I trashed my ankle at a graduation party playing basketball with the kids. Oh, fourth degree <clears throat> sprain. It, it tore every one of the ligaments that hold your face. It was incredible. Like, the worst I've ever been hurt. Yeah. And... Um, I remember, you know, up and down it was okay, and I, I but I remember having to be real conscious climbing up there because that's a steep, yeah. rocky well, booger. And if you've never been in these mesas, these of of northern New Mexico, it's it's rough. It's rough. Lava mm-hmm. yeah. rock just tears you up. It does, and it there's does. cactus in between yeah. every one of them, and yeah. it's just a rough, rough old country. It's just rough, rough, rough. It is. And so I was having to be kind of careful of that. Going up there, and where they had bayed, there's there's a rim like all these mesas have here, and you got a rim that falls off. And there was just a little bench, not one of the big grassy ones, but kind of a little bench, and mm-hmm. it was strewn with rocks that were like, um, I say, like couch size, mm-hmm. refrigerator size rocks, just laying there, you know, underneath, right up, right underneath the rim there. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of great big cedar trees growing out of the side there, and he was kind of up under them, in between a lot of them rocks. It, where he had bayed and, and once I had got there where I topped out where I'd see him them dogs won't listen to you when they're that fresh especially um, to call them off a lot of times if you get real close to them I can scare them mm-hmm. hey you know and you holler at them and they'll kind of quit and then I can hoop them on out of there and um, that was my goal that's why I was going that close to him 
And um, so, but but just where he was at, I had that when I topped out where I could see him, he was just right there. You know, he's like twenty feet away. Yeah. And, and no big deal. You know, it wasn't a. I didn't think anything about You've it. You've done it. Right. Many times. Right. And didn't think nothing about it. So what am I doing? I'm grabbing my phone because it's a beautiful picture, right? And these dogs are all sitting there. And he'd lunge at them, you know, but he pretty much holding still. It's just beautiful. And so I'm going to take a picture, you know. And I'm messing with my phone. And I looked at him. I kind of, you know, I'm messing and I glance and I look and he spots me. And uh -huh. he looks me up and down. And the worst fear I had right there was he was going to leave. I wasn't going to get my picture because they do. <laughs> that, that was the worst fear yeah. I had. He saw you and they in, always in your do. Experience, they've... They do because they don't like a human. Yeah. It, you know, they, a dog's an animal. I think they know that. And plus, they've gotten used to them barking at them for the last 30 minutes. But when they see a man, they'll either really run or blow out of there. Or some of them, them big old bears, will just they'll walk off, but they're going to leave. They just don't like you being there. And um, so you're always real careful when you sneak in. You get your wind right and things yeah. like that. That's how you hunt them. Same as hunting. It, it, exactly, yeah. You be real quiet. And uh, So I thought that, and I started fumbling with the phone. But I remember it, it struck me funny because I was like, he's still there. You know, and I'm, for some reason I'm having trouble getting my stupid phone going. Then uh, I, I look back up thinking that was odd that he didn't go because he, he flat spotted me. It wasn't like he looked through me. It was yeah. like he flat spotted me. You know, he looked me up and down. And I look back and he's pinning his ears back. And I've just been around so many of them. I, it was just not right. Yeah. You know, like that was odd. I've had a couple yeah. of them get after me a little bit. I kind of deserved it. Yeah. But, but um, I, I, I kind of put myself in the, in the bind, you know. And, and uh, this was just different. And I looked, and so he starts pinning his ears back, and I almost looked away from him again at the phone, thinking, and I, I looked back again, and he just starts coming across that that deal, and I mean, there was, he's looking dead at me, I mean, the bear's coming to yeah. me, you know, so I like, drop the phone, and I jerk the pistol, and he's, he's come, and now he's close, you know, he's yeah. covered half of that distance, he's probably 10 well, or 12 only, feet. He was only 20 feet away to begin with. To begin with, I, I didn't, it was one of them real split second deals, and um, so as he's coming, tearing across there, I pull that gun out and I, and I, I was thinking like, is he really coming at me? I don't want to shoot a bear. It's not season. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't want to have to kill this bear. I want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with you guys. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm already towing the line right. here cause I, sh I shouldn't be messing with him anyways. That wasn't my intention, but yeah. still. So he's tearing down across there and I, I you know, I mean that it, it got so fast, everything, but at the same time, everything really slowed down. I think I probably told you that. But well, it's, it's natural. I mean, yeah. um, it's so in in law enforcement training, they talk about those high stress situations. Yeah. Um, the the physiological effects of those high stress situations, mm -hmm. you never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, time slows down. Your your uh, vision, you know, get that tunnel vision. That's right. You have that. That's right. Uh, everybody's had that where they didn't even hear the shot. That auditory exclusion. That's right. And, mm -hmm. and right. you never know what's going to happen when you get in that. It's in a life or death fight or flight exactly, situation. Yeah. There's actually a name for that. That guy that wrote that article, and I don't know if I ever showed you that. I can send it to y'all, but um, mm -hmm. he wrote an article. It's on the efficacy of guns, but he's there's a mental uh, uh, state. It's mm -hmm. called tachypsychia. Yeah. That's what that's called. So it actually is something that happens. Yeah. You know? yeah. But it's usually in very dire well, it's, life it's, or death situations. It's one of the reasons why there's court rulings that you can't judge, you know, uh, law enforcement, uh, let's say, officer-involved shootings, from hindsight, you have to judge it from the officer's perspective at the time. 
Absolutely, you because do. it's what they saw. It's still a yeah. human being exactly. we're talking about here exactly. that has to protect itself. So yeah, and others and, around it. And so it's very natural for you to be experiencing that in that situation. Right, and so it did, and it got more so as it went on. But when as he was coming, and I decided I I, I better shoot him. It was odd because I I took I shot him one handed. I mean I didn't have time to square up, but I. Your instinct tells you right then central nervous system because we know yeah. how tough bears are. I mean, their yeah. heartbeat slows down to three beats a minute mm-hmm. in the winter when they hibernate. So they have the ability. That's why these all these crazy attacks. You know, the grizzly's heart was blown in half, but he mortally wounded three guys, mauled yeah. them, while his heart was blown in half. Yeah. That yeah. happens a lot. I mean, there's hundreds of stories like that. Yeah. And so it just training, I guess, not that I've had formal training, but just experience maybe, told me, you know, like, well, when, as I aimed at his head... I'm not overly steady. I'm one-handed. I'm standing on a boulder. You got a broken ankle. I got a broken ankle, <laughs> and and uh, I'm aiming. And but all I could see, you know, so you've got a little wobble, and all I can see is the wall of dogs behind him. Yeah. Well, Hammond doesn't shoot his dogs. <laughs> That's the cardinal rule. You can't shoot your gosh darn dogs. You know? Now I wish I'd have risked it. You know, I could have made another dog, right? Um, but I, I that literally came into my head. Don't you can't do that. So I opted for his body. Well, I'm shooting lighter, you know. Yeah, light skin self defense rounds, yeah. um, and I body shot him. And I think the way I've got all this figured up is I body shot him four times. And I was trying to, you know, bread basket him, but yeah. I shot him four times. And you know how predators will go to biting at their wounds, a coyote or a, up the mm-hmm. bear, you know, they yeah. do that. Well, he went to biting, snapping at them wounds, spinning just like a cyclone coming down through there, and spun down. And this is again where the complacency really got me. I should we shouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. It would have been a close call. It'd been a neat story, but. He starts spinning down. I should have been fogging out of there. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't because I'm in control of the situation. You know, I'm a tough guy or whatever. And not, you know, I, not that I had an audience, but it's like I just wasn't that afraid of him like I should have been. Healthy fear. And uh, he starts spinning down there, and he spun down very close. I, I would say eight foot away, you know. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I better check out. Because it wasn't like he's dying. He's like a tornado. I mean, now he has got a lot of power. pissed off. Exactly. And so I take and... You could have walked between them rocks, but it's slower, right? So I was just hopping. I happened to be halfway careful. At this point, I probably forgot my ankle, but I hopped about three of them rocks away, and I would say it put me, you know, 12 foot away from him, something like that. And when I lit on that last rock, I was facing away from him because I was having to watch, you know, where I was hopping. And I should, like, again, I should have been fogging out of there and really just run, you know, got out of there. But I did, and I landed. And right when I landed on that last rock, it was right at the edge of that. It was kind of another sub bluff. It wasn't straight up and down, but that sunbuck was steep yeah. going down off of there. Um, I lit right there at the edge of it, and when I landed, I, I, I kind of looked, and two dogs just flew past me. And it, I got a real sick feeling because they were they were running from him. I knew that. You know, it was just all that, I guess, experience and, and, and seeing things. And I looked back over my shoulder, and when I looked back, he was there. I mean, he was, like, coming. He was, like, midair leaping you know Ooh. and i just I, I remember you know how their ears will come down and they get real mad i mean yeah. you don't see them do that very often not very often but i have seen that you know they're, they're, I mean, it's, a, a, it's a predatory pin they're mad yeah yeah, yeah. i mean they're mad and, and uh, you just don't see it that often but i just i really remembered that and i just thought oh my god you know like he's he's got me this is happening and it was so slow so lightning mm-hmm. fast at the same time you know that was a blur him coming across it but it was so i could just see him like you know, his arms are stretching out and his ears are pinned down. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, he's he's got me. So it was like, make the best of a bad situation. And when he hit me, he uh, I got a buddy that plays for the Denver Broncos. He's a fullback up there. And uh, 
I told him, he heard about it and called me. I said, I can honestly say I've been hit way harder than you ever have <laughs> on, on a football field. This somebody was out, you know. And, and he hit me, and it was just like a train, you know, hit me from behind. And I, being at the edge of that bluff or that edge, I think really helped me because he just sure got a hold of me on level ground, and it would have really been a fight there. Um, instead, he kind of knocked me away from him because I remember him – he, I flopped back and I, my arm went around him and that was the oddest thing because we've all touched all these dead yeah. bears, no big deal. But it was a live bear and I could, I could, I kind of got around his flank almost because he was like pulling me up. Yeah. And I, it was just odd to me that I'm holding on to a, I could feel his body like flexing and moving. That's how weird, right? It, it just still strikes me funny that you'd notice that. Yeah. But we, I, I kind of flew away from him like he didn't quite get a hold of me. And we tumble, and I don't remember the fall too much because that tunnel vision thing. Yeah. I was real focused on him. Yeah, I don't remember too much getting down off of that. And they said uh, the Ken folks and everybody has went up there and they could see the trail of casings. They couldn't believe where we went off. They said it's a miracle I didn't get hurt from tumbling off yeah. of there. But it was about seventy yards. Okay, estimated from start to finish. That's where Whew. you ended up with him. Yeah, and so as 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 I flew down, I I kind of hit something and come to a rest and for a fleeting second I thought that he'd left me I thought he just nailed me and, and, and then the dogs turned him or something and he went on and it was just like instantly here he came and it was it was a rock or something again I don't remember that stuff that clearly but he came over and he just like climbed up my legs and I, I had that gun and, I, and one thing about that I never had to make any I, I to my knowledge I never made any mental note to let to hang on to the gun. Yeah. That's just something just, that you knew to not let go. <laughs> right. And, and and so I shot him from like a low ready, yeah. you know, like right here. I, I couldn't extend. I mean, he was right there. And I shot and hit him kind of in his chest area, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't hit him anywhere else. It was so close. And it was enough. It just kind of spun him where he didn't, because right there he would have really mauled me. I, th I think he would have really ate me up. Got, got, got your vital Yeah, I mean, he was standing on my legs. I mean, yeah. he was that close. You know, he's just right right here. You know, his chest was right there close, a foot away from me. Yeah. But it was enough. It made him recoil, and I got rolling again or whatever, getting down off of that. I don't know if I was standing or rolling or what. I really don't know that. Going down through there, and he finally... Uh, caught up to me again, and he either knocked me down or I fell one. It was, you know, so gnarly it could have been either. And uh, I, I was kicking at him, kind of tumbling at the same time. I, I know we had to been moving. And I was kicking at him, and again, that Takasaki or that, that, that slow-mo deal, as I was kicking at him, I kept thinking, you got to hit him in the head. You have to hit him in the head, and it'll shut him down. And, and, uh, but I, I was so scared because I'm kicking, you know, with my legs up in there. I yeah. was really scared of hitting myself in the legs. Yeah. And it was funny, I had the discipline to, to know that instead of, because there was part of me, and I know it seems far-fetched that I could have been thinking about all this, but there was part of me like, oh, you can squeeze one in, and it was like, don't do that. The gun safety yeah. it, that's been ingrained I, in I you. Don't, I don't think it's hard to believe at all. No. Well, yeah. for me it would be, but I, it's just too for, much to be processed. I think for processing. the common person it probably would be, but, but uh, you know, I think that's one thing to be said for hunter safety and for, for hunters is, if you're any kind of a responsible hunter, you have been drilled with mm -hmm. those that gun safety. That is the things. most important thing of all this we yeah. talk about is gun safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so. one slip, but yeah, I was able to tell myself, don't, don't try squeezing it in there because <laughs> it's too close. Your legs are right there, and it's not like he's just holding still and you got a rested shot. Mm -hmm. This has all happened violently. So I'd turn and I'd pop him and body shoot him. It, you know, I'd, I'd kind of bang, and I'd, I'd just I'd go down to his body more, you know, mm -hmm. and, and shoot him. And I shot him about four more times as we was tumbling down off of there. And then he sure enough caught me. I kind of got, 
I feel like I was hemmed up, like Kinda I had rocks. In some rocks. Yeah, and and uh, kicking at him again, and he bit me by the. He got a hold of the inside of my my thigh. Mm-hmm. On your right leg, right? Right leg, yeah. And and he picked me up off the ground, and I remember looking up at him. You know, he kind of like reared up with me, sort of deal. And and again, you know, I was very focused on trying to shoot him, and he and he sort of like turned and presented his neck to me a little bit, and I thought, okay, neck. Literally, that clicked again. I thought spine, you know. So I like stuck my gun in there and shot, and I didn't hit his spine because it didn't kill him, but it kind of made him turn loose again, and he got real mad. I, f- I felt like it kind of revved him up just a tick, and uh, but I shot there, and then he got. That's when he got a hold of my calf, and I I don't know how he did all what he did because there's so much scarring on both sides, but the the main part on the back, and he got a hold of that, and uh, he thrashed me around real bad, and we're kind of rolling off of there again too, and of course I'm clawing and scratching trying to get away, and. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he finally set me down to a point where I, he gave me the perfect headshot. And I took and I, I did one of two things. I have to go post in here a little bit. And he's, and he's clamped onto you. He's be, hanging behind on to me. The, behind your knee, right? He, he, well, I don't know if it was then. Uh, right then, he okay. ended up there, yeah. But okay. right then, I could see more in front of me, okay. you know, like there. And I think I kind of stood up, as the best I can recall. Like, and he's like digging, and he's probably weakening some. He's got a lot of rounds in him. Yeah. Um, but he, he's going. And I remember hearing him. You know how our bears are not vocal like the movie show. You know the grizzlies and yeah. stuff make more noise, but our bears, you know, they'll bawl or you know that moaning they do or Groan, yeah. groaning, yeah, pop their jaws, yeah, wo- yeah woofing or yeah. that that hissing sound they yeah. make. Uh, it was guttural. Like his breathing, like his labor, just you know, like as he's working with me, you know, it's just like you could, I could hear him, you know, this really deep, like exhaling and inhaling. And yeah. I remember that real clearly. But he gave me that perfect shot, and like I said, I have to go post here a little so you understand. When I got home from the hospital, I wanted to see my gun, and Delaney had got it off the mountain there for me. She brought it to me, and the guide rod, for people that don't know about semi-autos, you know, you have your slide comes back, and that's what guides it with your spring. Yeah. It was packed full of bear hair. So I think that was from the neck shot because I kind of like stuck it in there. Yeah. And when that slide racked, I think it like grabbed hair off of him. Oh, that's I'm what sure. I think. Right. I'm sure it did. And that's uh, one of the reasons that, that my concealed gun is a revolver. There's there's a lot to that. Because you, you could have a problem where you jam that, that pistol into anything... That's that's it's gonna point go blank, yep. and you could have an out of battery situation in the gun. That's that's what it was, and yeah. and so it w- it was either that or or okay. So now to get back to the current, mm-hmm. I stuck the gun like on his head. So it's either the hair in the guide rod, or I pushed it down on him too hard, and I took it out of battery, mm-hmm. and it clicked. Oh my gosh, you know this is like never gonna end. So it, that was pretty disheartening, but. It all in a millisecond. I knew I wasn't out of ammo because my slide wasn't open. Yeah. You know, it didn't stick my slide open. And so I, 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 you know, he's still moving me around a lot. I had to rack another round. And I remember trying to break the pistol in half because I knew I had something wrong. And those guns are pretty reliable, you know. Yeah. I knew I had something wrong, so I just racked it as hard as I could rack it. And I remember, like in slow motion, seeing a live round come out of the top of that gun. <laughs> it was so bizarre to see that, you know, <laughs> and to pick that up. Why? Yeah. Why? It's not important, you know. And it closed. And that was like almost a sigh of relief because it was like, okay, I'm not out of ammo. I'm, I'm and back in it. Right, I'm back in it because my slide closes. And we tumble around and he basically, we end up settling just for a second. And he gave me like the same exact shot. And I put it up there on his head and shot right square on the top of his head. And he just folded. 
So we've got a dead bear now, mm-hmm. and he's hooked onto your leg. Yep. Um, amazing. That was my last round, too. My slide stuck open. It was your last round. That was my wow. last round. Yeah. Amazing story <laughs> you, to this point. You're yeah. talking about miracles. <laughs> just so, so, yeah. so far, you've got um, that you got your wife to stay there rather yeah. than to leave. Yeah. Uh, you got your kid to stay down instead of going up with you, and and now your your last round, yeah, finished him off. It just it yeah it goes on and on. Yeah, I mean it, it you can't deny it. Right, it's, it's no. coincidence no. so long one time right twice, right. Right. but yeah it's just there was too much. It just wasn't my time to go. No, and uh, we'll see whatever God's plan is going <laughs> right. forward. Right. I don't know. I hope He's kind of done with testing me, but I. Yeah. So at that point, he's he's attached to your leg. You now got he, he, the the attack is over. But I mean, he's got a hold of you. Yeah. So so when I shot him, I, I mean, I knew instantly he was dead. I mean, that was the coup de gras. So uh, shot him out of ammo, dropped the gun. And, but when he when he when I he somehow was probably holding me up, and we're on a very steep incline still. And I know this is probably hard for people listening to this to understand without watching all my crazy hand gestures. <laughs> I talk with my hands a lot. Um, it kind of he kind of released and fell, and he w- he was uphill of you. Yeah, or we were probably about even, maybe whenever I shot but, him. But, but he, he was he holding rolled. you up. Yeah, and yeah. So when when you shot yeah. him and he fell, we kind of rolled a the, little bit. Momentum momentum is naturally going to go downhill. Downhill, sure. So I ended up flat on my belly. Um, there was a big old rock. I was more or less hugging, you know, like I didn't really slam into it hard, but that's what stopped us. Mm-hmm. And then he's uphill of me. Now, I couldn't feel anything. I felt zero pain. Never felt any pain until until then. You know, until once that, that tachycycia wears off or whatever it is, the adrenaline starts slowing down a little. Um, I, I, I tried getting out from under him, get you know, get the stomach off of me, you know, and I'm trying to pull out. Well, I can't get away from him, but it's not hurting me at, to pull at that point, and I don't realize what's going on. I know he's not that gosh dang big, and he's only on my legs. Yeah. I know I can pull myself out from underneath him super easy. Well, I can't get away from him. And so I, I realized at that point I'm hung to him somehow. I don't know how. Is, is he got his claws on me or what? I don't know. So I reach back. And I, can, I can just see him, and I can see the back of his head and his mm-hmm. ears sticking up over my right side here. And I look, and so I reach back into his mouth, and I can feel his molars. Mm-hmm. And I'm, 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 I'm thinking, you know, his his teeth are just hung on me, like he just died clenched, maybe. And I thought I'd open his mouth, and so I, I reach back there, and I'm feeling, I can feel his molars, but out toward where his canines would be and incisors, I couldn't feel any of that. And there was something really like slimy, like it was slip, yeah. like fish slimy, in his mouth. And I'm feeling that, and then I could feel like hair. Not his hair, though. It was just an odd, it shouldn't have been there, because I know it bears mouth pretty well. Yeah. And I, I, it was just odd, and it dawned on me. And that's like, that's my leg. It's something on my leg. And I was like, dang, you know, this is not good. And all this, I forgot about family kind of at the time, you know, like being down the hill. And I did, I, I missed the part, and I'll do that a lot, because I forget little details. But I, at one point there toward the end, it was getting pretty dire, and I had the misfire. I yelled. I just yelled for all I could yell to let them know that I'm in bad trouble, you know, because yeah. I kept thinking if I go unconscious or if he kills me or I hit my head on a rock. Yeah. So I thought that for a second, I yelled to know that I, I really need help here. But then it was like the dust settled and it was like, it was quiet and all this is going on. I'm laying there and I'm filling back there and I know I'm stuck to him. And, um, I could, uh, I, I, I knew I couldn't get away. And then I, then I started thinking, I think I heard Janelle. She started yelling, you know, where are you or what's going on kind of thing. And I, 
I hollered back at her. I said, get up here fast. I need help bad. Well, in her defense, she didn't know what, they're thinking the bear's probably alive. Yeah. You know, or they don't yeah. know if he's dead or alive. So <clears throat> she's, I learned too later on that when I yelled, they were all just kind of listening. Because this happened in like 30 seconds. Yeah. T- start to finish. When I, when I, all the gun shooting they was going on. They off. didn't have the tachypsychia going on. This no, all so just they're ups. listening. And, and, but they know all these rapid gunshots. They know something's up bad. Yeah. You know, like they don't, I don't know if they think I'm getting attacked, but they just know something's wrong. And so, but then when they hear me yell, Delaney, my oldest daughter, um, But uh, Janelle had to tackle her because she heard me yell. And uh, total disregard for her own safety, she was going to go save her daddy. Yeah. And so, uh, anyhow, that was pretty touching. Yeah. You know, because she's a 13-year-old girl, and she doesn't care about the bear at all. And it just, you know, family something. Uh, right. So, anyways, I'm sorry. That's all right. No worries. Um, just, just for... How far up above them were you when, when like, like when you left them? How far up the canyon was the bear? About, uh, I'd say, two hundred yards linear. Gotcha. You know, it was a little longer to get there. Yeah. Um, just because of the steepness, but, anyways, um, yeah. So Delaney, Janelle had to fight her basically, yeah. like she was totally disrespecting her mother. You know, <laughs> not being respect, but you know, she didn't care. Janelle literally had to tackle her because she knows I wouldn't want her going up there either. Yeah. Right. She's got to protect her daughter because yeah. she don't want her getting hurt. And I, you know, God knows not knowing what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I right. die exactly. for her, you know. So I don't want her in the middle of it. Um, and and uh, so anyhow, she she went. Um, uh, she's trying to figure out what's going on. So then I'm like, come on, come on. She's like, where's the bear? I could hear her say that, and um, it dawned on me like she doesn't know where the bear's at. Um, is he dead or alive? So I scream, he's dead. He's dead. Get up here. I need you now. It's starting to hurt really bad now. It's like all that's wearing off. Right. It is tight as a banjo string because all his weight is basically resting, pulling on that. It, it was a really just yeah. an odd, odd bind. And um, anyways, she starts coming up the hill, and it's going to take them a while. As I'm laying there, I'm still kind of messing with him, and I'm thinking uh, I could feel this rush of, warmth so i remember i'm facing downhill yeah. on my belly yeah so my legs just start getting wet and hot well i know in a second what that is yeah. it's blood yeah, yeah. and uh, it starts but it doesn't just start there it starts running down my legs and coming to my upper body again as i'm laying downhill it's just flooding me and uh, i will say in my life you know we've all had scrapes and you talk about fighting bulls and and uh, there's a few times where he's got you right yeah like you just don't know how this still is going to turn out and and uh, that was I can honestly say pretty much the the, um, the lack of that plane crash with old Ray Lee. Um, I knew I was going to die. I, I had resigned to that, so I was just I literally I started praying and um, just trying to make things right with God because I'm a scumbag and, and a sinner and, and uh, you, you know you yeah. don't ever know for sure. Yeah. You know, like all we've been taught, you know, about salvation or whatever, and you start questioning that. Not quite. But am I right? You know. Yeah. And uh, and so. Um, I got I got real religious in a hurry, you know. That's how you ought to be every day of your life. But yeah. I, I got, you know, uh, well, I... We all forget. Right. And we do. Yeah. Yeah. We get on with life. And we do. We're sinners, you know. And, 
So I, I did, I, I did, I prayed, you know, myself there, and uh, I, I really, really believed I was going to. I knew I couldn't sustain that much blood loss very long because it was absolutely, it was running. I, I looked, and it's running down the hill, um, and so uh, Janelle finally, I, I kind of got through that, and they, you know, they got there and they were hustling as hard as they could go up the hill. Once they knew he was dead, you know, they were running. There was Delaney beat her mama, you know, she's like a little gazelle, and she got up there, and I just remember her grabbing her mouth and just going oh my god you know like oh my gosh and Janelle comes up there and she's out of breath because she's ran up this darn mountain you know and, and uh, she's the same way like oh my gosh oh my gosh so I'm laying there and there's blood everywhere on the ground so it looked a little worse than it was yeah um I'm sure to them not being able to see it but I'm sure it didn't look good and they could see the inside of my I mean my gastroc which is your big calf muscle was yeah. torn off of the back of my leg and wrapped into his mouth and so it was ugly sight I'm sure and they got there. I said, you know, you got to get my leg tied off right now. I said, I'm bleeding to death. I'm sure. I said, I've got a lot of blood coming out of me. And I was really clear. And I'm not like a, you know me well enough. I'm half panicky all the time anyway. <laughs> but I was super crystal clear. Like everything was just immense. And maybe the threat of dying, you yeah. know, like it just had you. you, you it's like fighting a bear. One mistake. And, and this could end real yeah. bad, you know. Yeah. And so you keep reminding yourself that. And, uh, so she made Delaney take her shirt off. She had a sports bra on underneath, and it was crazy because as the paramedics got there, I looked at her one time and I was like, "What the heck are you wearing? <laughs> what, are you, what the heck are you doing?" You know, I didn't remember seeing her early, but her mother made it. Yeah. So she had it, which is much more modest than a lot of these yeah. girls wear all the time. But she she took her shirt, and she tied it. I got a big leather belt on. None of us thought of that. Yeah. She tied it off as best she could. And Janelle told me, she said, "I don't think you're bleeding that bad." She said, "I think more of that's coming out of that bear." As it turned out, I'm sure it was, because it was yeah. just, it was gallons of blood. You know, I think yeah. I died. I was very anemic at the hospital. I had definitely lost blood. They could see blood coming out of that, but it wasn't pouring. It, didn't, it was so clean. You know, he bit me. He bit me on the femoral. Yeah. If he'd have torn that off, if that would have came loose, yeah. different ball would, game. Yeah. And then that tibial, I think it's called a tibial, that one that's between your tibia and fibia and your, yeah. and your calf, that was exposed. Man, just a claw would have torn that open. And that's a big artery. Yeah. Um, but so that's what she kind of determined. And, they had called, Janelle didn't have a phone, and they had called down there on my sister's phone or something. I don't honestly remember that exactly, but they had gotten a call out to 911. And it went out to dispatch. Of course, it involved Game and Fish because of a wildlife-related mm -hmm. incident and, of course, EMS and everybody else. But it come across as a 36-year-old female at Blosser Gap because they told them where it was. Well, Clint and them get it. Matt heard it. He was over in... Uh, Angel Fire or something like that, something like that. and uh, but Clint got it and Jordan and uh, Jordan must have been at the office because he came out there too but I think Clint was before him but anyways Clint came across he thought it's Janelle you know knowing our family he yeah. thought it was Janelle and so they're sitting there and they're needing to call again because they're needing more help because they see this horrible precarious situation yeah. with this bear hung to me and they tried getting him off a time or two of me because I was telling them to and I'd just flip I'd go absolutely ballistic it hurt I can't describe how the searing, burning, it was Ooh. immense, you know. And uh, I remember praying to pass out. I wanted just to pass out. I wanted it to go away, you know. But as they're needing the phone, my phone rings up the hill. Remember I said I dropped yeah, my phone? Yeah, yeah. My phone rings up the hill. So Janelle goes flying up the hill, crawling up that nasty sunbuck, and gets up there just as it almost has stopped ringing. Guess who it is? It's Clint. So she answers the phone and and hello and he's like Janelle and and she's like yeah and he goes what's what's wrong what happened to you she goes nothing I can hear her she said nothing's wrong with me she said Bridger she said he's in bad shape you know blah 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 you got to get out here right now Clint and he goes so in hearing him later he thought it was Janelle she said the bear is locked onto his leg 
Okay, well, listen to what I just said. Yeah. She didn't say the bear's dead and locked onto his leg, so Clint's like loaded for a bear. And he comes out there. <laughs> pun intended. Pun intended, yeah. And so they come out there. Clint made it from Raton in like, it was insane, like eight minutes or something out there. That's normally a 20-minute drive. You know? yeah. So he was, thanks for coming. And they, uh, they get out there. And so finally, they gave up. Delaney and Janelle gave up on trying to get him off me. They knew mm-hmm. they couldn't do it. Delaney couldn't grab his ears and, and move his head to take a little bit of that pressure back off and she just held him for like an hour you know trying to keep that and I'd tell her right there no that's too much you know because it would start hurting I'd say okay right there and um, there's lots of little things that probably aren't important you know that went on there but you know uh, we prayed again and, and um, like like laying there um, I remember if I, just to breathe even breathe normal just, that was enough movement to where it would cause searing pain and so I was trying to just I was laying in the dirt you know, against that rock, and I was trying to be as quiet and still, and I would close my eyes. Well, Janelle started yelling at me. She didn't know if I'm dying yeah. or what. Yeah. And she'd start yelling, wake up, wake up, don't. And I said, just leave me alone. I was whispering literally like that. I said, I can't. I don't want to move. Please just let me be. I said, I'm not falling asleep. It hurts. I don't want to move. And, I, you know, all these little things, like I said, they're not important at all, but going on and uh, finally those guys show up like 20 minutes later or something. By the time the calls had all gone through. Yeah. And, uh, they get up the hill there, and uh, Clint got there. Some of the EMS guys got there. They got a hold of Brad, my brother-in-law. They were all at the Moore camp um, working on Jason's house over there, and so they came around, and they they kind of everybody starts showing up, and they all start trying to maneuver him. And I'm telling them, I'm like, guys, get him off. You know, like this is mm-hmm. this isn't a big deal, you morons. You know, come on, Clint, give me a break. You know, and, and I'm kind of relying on him. You know, he's got the experience here as far as wildlife stuff, right? I'm like, yeah. open his mouth. <laughs> And take him on my leg. He goes, Bridger, that's where I kept saying. He said, Bridger, you, you couldn't have done this no worse. I don't know how you did this, but you just can't. I said, like, what's the problem? I'm asking. Tell me. What's the deal? I'm trying to help him. I had, I remember before they got there, I had stabbed him. I could see the back of his head, and I had taken my pocket knife and stabbed him in the back of the atlas <laughs> joint, thinking, I know maybe, I couldn't maybe could... get his whole head off, but I thought if I could snap that atlas joint, I'm pretty handy at that. Yeah. And and if I could just get it to crack, I could give myself some relief, you know, and that didn't work, you know, because I'd move his head, well, it would move everything in there. And so, um, oh, yeah, as we were, as I was laying there, you know, I tried to stab him and break his atlas joint, you know, or something like that, and, and uh, didn't do much good there. And then they kept messing with it, all the EMS people, you know, and everybody had their own ideas and none of which worked. And in their defense, I mean, it was like, what? There wasn't anything to work. Got a lot of capable people there. My brother-in-law got yeah. there, Jason, and there were some of those guys, real hands-on mm-hmm. practical thinkers, you know, and cowboys, and they nobody could figure anything out. So, I mean, all right, I'm accepting. This is some kind of a gnarly bind. And uh, anyhow, they um, uh, Clint decided... And I'm like talking to him, you know, and of course I should have just shut up, but I'm like, come on, I'm just playing. I said, well, cut his bottom jaw, you know, or something like that. And Clinton, it's somebody's idea, you know, but I'm pushing this deal like to cut. You got to cut something off there to get him to let go. So Clint had some kind of a little tree saw, mm-hmm. and uh, Delaney ran it off the hill. She made like 50 trips. She's running chainsaws and all kinds of stuff up there. And um, she got this little saw, and Clint got, you know, how the bottom jaw is actually two pieces, yeah. and it comes mm-hmm. out and forms under the front there. He got that cut in half on the right side, but they, it didn't do anything, and they couldn't get to the other side because it was just bound in my meat, mm-hmm. my leg. You know, it was just that yeah. he couldn't cut or he cut me. Um, and so that didn't work, and messing around. Somebody, I don't remember who, had the idea that we'd take the bear and him off the mountain. Well, Clint, you guys know bear weights better than anyone because well, he weighs all of them. dead bear weights. Right. Right. You guys weigh every one yeah. of them, so, like, you're pretty accurate. 
uh, very accurate, I'd say. You know, it's just like people that weigh cattle every day. They get yeah. good at it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Clint said he thought it was a 400-pound boar. Oh. For our part of the world, that is a giant. Yeah. You know, that's a giant bear. Yeah. And so he, uh, he um, they're not going to get me. That was just ludicrous, you know. But the guy's trying, whatever. Yeah. And so they're not exactly trained for this. And uh, anyhow, Brad's like, let's cut his head off, you know. And I'm like, yeah, let's cut his head off, you know. Let's do that. And they're... Some, one of those guys is like, no, you can't do that. They don't understand. Clint's concern was, and I didn't know this later, but Clint kind of didn't want him to to begin with because um, they, they uh, he, you know, when you sever that uh, um, atlas joint, mm-hmm. you know, like all that spinal fluid just gushes, mm-hmm. he didn't want all that going in that leg. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I, I don't care. I, I want him off, you know, and so, like, I kind of pushed to cut his head off. And Brad's like, I'm cutting his head off. So Brad took my pocket knife and, he, he scored it all down. But see, this isn't like normally you no, move the head. No, because you can't and, move it. Right, you do all this stuff. So he's having to, he had to go all the way around, and then he got Clint's little saw when they got down to the spine, mm-hmm. and he, and that head was moving. Oh, oh. I was reaching back, and I remember I had the side of that sunbuck's face, but not Brad, the no, bear. bear. And I'm <laughs> squeezing as hard as I can, and they're they're all trying to hold the head. Well, Brad's hack, 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 hack with this little dull, sorry saw yeah. of Clint's. Nobody had anything good. It's just not the right time of year, you know. And right. So he's a, he's a working on it. And finally, I don't know this because I know in my mind when the bear's head comes off, it's going to be this huge sigh of relief. It's just going to be this amazing. It's it's perfect, you know. Well, they are like, I hear this whack over here. I just I remember hearing that, and they go, "Okay, it's off." And I'm like, "What? It's it's not off, you know?" Like, and it was off. And I was like, "There's something in there. There's got to be like a stick or something ran in there." I said, "Guys, come on." They're like, no, it's hot. They said that muscle just snapped into a ball because it, it normally it, yeah. would, it would be attached. Yeah. Just said it just wadded up like like snap back my hamstring and all that. that. And all the nerves in there just exactly. I I mean I couldn't have no more told you that bear was off my leg than the man on the moon. I swear I didn't think they had him off my leg at all, mm. but they did. And so then they started maneuvering me a little bit and rolling me around and and they were trying to get me prepped and wrapped. And then they have their they have like a mountain gurney, mm-hmm. like a litter, you know, that they mm-hmm. can do in those sort of situations. And they were getting it ready and kind of getting me ready to go. And Clint told me this, and I don't remember this. I guess I didn't know what they were doing. But Clint said that I'll leave his name out of it because I, I don't want to dog him. But he he um, put some sort of a wrap on my leg, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Oh, I was supposed to wet that first. Well, it had binded oh. to the meat or to the mus muscle mu- the blood the blood yeah." And he tore it off. And Clint says I. Flipped. He said that was the worst. I yelled out of the whole thing. I don't remember them. Maybe I thought it was the head. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know what I was thinking. They were trying to get those arteries covered. And so Clint, the, Clint here's goes. Here's the funny thing about it. Why didn't you just wet it? While that's it's what on Clint there? said. You know how how Clint is. He goes, Why didn't you just wet it while it was on there? Yeah, these <laughs> are professional EMS. <laughs> and none of those guys at the time were trained for medicine at all. So I had nothing. They couldn't give me anything. You know, because oh. I can't, I, I'm not, a, I don't like medicine, I don't like drugs, I don't like anything like that, but I wanted something, you know, right. I was ready for a shot at that yeah. one, but I didn't get anything there, and so they um, get me loaded on the gurney and, and uh, the, the litter there, and they start walking me off the mountain, there's about six of them on it, because it is gnarly, and then one of them boys was chainsawing stuff, you know, through the cedars, mm-hmm. down off the hill, and I'll never forget, Brad was up, no, Brad was on my, Jason might have been on my head, and Brad was up toward the front, and there was a big old choy in there sticking on the side of the hill. And Brad kind of like stumbled through and he goes, watch that cactus. And I forget the fella's name. He's here at Raton. Well, he goes like stumbling through it and literally sits. He sits down on it. And I'm, I'm awake now and I'm kind of coming back more to myself a yeah. little bit. And he just like, he goes, oh, that went deep. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
I was just like, oh, you poor son of a bitch. He stands Says up. Says the guy who just got attacked by a bear. Yeah, right. I'm thinking like. Although, Choya may be worse. It might be worse. We know how bad Choya hurts. Yeah. You know? and, and he stands up, and it looks like he sat on the porch. Oh, I mean, And I'm literally, so we're walking down the hill, and I'm pink. <laughs> as we're going down the hill, it was super cool. Anything to distract you? Anything. They take me down off the hill, and they take me down into the end, and I see some of my kids and stuff, and that was kind of neat. I didn't realize it, and that's a huge regret of mine that I didn't bear down a little hot harder because all that screaming. I was when they would move it, and when they sure enough got it severed and pried it off my leg, I went ballistic. I remember there was somebody's backpack there. And I got that strap in my mouth and was just biting it as hard as I could. But I didn't know it, but my, a bunch of my nieces and nephews had showed up. They could all hear that. You yeah. know, they're down the hill 150 yards. Sure. And they could hear it clear as day. You know, and I, I regretted that because um, they had to hear that. And so, anyways, they uh, I saw them, and then they they, uh, they put me on the ambulance. And they started talking about I forget at one point that they have the helo coming, or I heard it. Mm-hmm. I heard a helo coming. Well, uh, let me give you a little little bit of backstory before you get to this part of the story because yeah. I, I kind of know what's coming here. Yeah. But you you and and Clint, the captain uh, at Game and Fish at the time, uh, had responded a month earlier. Uh, no, it was in January. It was in January. So, yeah, Sorry, six so months earlier. Six months earlier to to a helicopter crash up on top of that same mason. Same, about a mile. And yeah. a couple of people died. And, I mean, just That's a bad scene. Five people yeah. died. Yeah, and so. Y- yes, that's exactly right. And so I saw, I had a couple guys die pretty much in my arms, and uh, I, I saw people burning things that a person shouldn't have to see, you know. Um, and uh, I, it really shocked me, and it was a traumatic deal for me, but I vowed I would never get on a helicopter again after seeing that. And uh, I've never liked flying much, anyways. And I had a plane crash, you know, one time surveying antelope. Uh, and so uh, I, I don't like them anyhow, but I, so I hear this helo coming in, and of all this tra- trauma, tragedy and traumatic stuff going on right here with this bear deal, I, that stirred me up worse than anything was that ha- thinking I had to get on the helicopter. Right. I told him I refuse. I said, I'll charter a jet because we know what life flights cost. So like I could charter a jet. I'm not a rich guy. you know. I don't mean that. But like I could fly a plane out of Raton cheaper if I know I can get on this life flight. And I told him that's what I was going to do. Well, they're blowing me off. You know, They're trained to put up with an argument, I'm sure. And they get me on there and well, pretty soon the flight nurses come out and it's a woman. She's super sweet. I call her my angel. And then there was a guy that came out and uh, they, they're getting their gurney into the ambulance. They got to transfer me because their gurney like locks into the helicopter, yeah. you know. And so uh, she's like, I told her, uh, I've talked to her since. She's a real sweet gal. I told her she manipulated me in my vulnerable <laughs> state. She was real pretty too. I remember that. And, and uh, she, uh, anyhow, uh, she said, oh, you know, don't worry. You won't have to get on there. But get on my gurney. You know, it's more comfortable. And she just totally strained me. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I felt used, you know, when I got done. And then she finally ran an IV on me. And she got me strapped in there. And uh, some of the other EMS guys, our local boys, were helping her a little bit. And my wife was in there. <clears throat> and so she said, uh, she got me kind of strapped down. And the other flight nurse sticks his head in there. Or somebody did. And, and said, uh, is he ready to go? We need to get him on the helo right now. That storm's coming in because there was a big thunderstorm coming in all around us. And uh, I said, I told her, I said, I ain't getting on that sunbuck. I told you I wasn't getting on it. And she she just, she didn't really respond. She hit me with all that juice. And she's like, you ain't got a choice. That's exactly what she said. She said, you ain't got a choice. And I was like, okay. Because like, no, I, I got all that yeah, got dope the, in me. Yeah, we got the morphine. Morphine or whatever it yeah, was. Whatever Anyhow, oh, okay. they, they got me prepped, and then they hauled me over to the helo, and he, he kept it hummed up the whole time. They yeah. knew they were going to extract oh, yeah. real quick, and he landed right there at the foot of the mace. It was kind of at an angle, though. I remember seeing that helo sitting there, 
and uh, they they uh, carried me out through there, all the REMS boys and those flight nurses, and they got me out there. They, I'm pretty tall. I don't know how they get somebody your size in there. You know, a big, big guy. You know, somebody tall. They they took forever to get me wedged in there. You know, like a, mm-hmm. a big dude. You know, I'm six two, but like somebody that's real big would right. be hard. You know, I don't know how they do it, but they got me jammed in there, and uh, I mean, my feet were touching the glass. So my feet were where the co-pilot would sit. You'd think, yeah. And so you got the pilot, and then I was sitting in between the the male flight nurse's legs more or less like my head was and then the woman challenge her name was sitting over here right next to me and they got this big like medical thing you know monitoring bill with the oxygen and all that stuff and they put oxygen on me and and we're doing all that and they got me all prepped up in there and he uh he pulled up out of there and had to duck and go down the valley get some forward speed yeah and, uh, and I'm sure up. it was that low pressure coming down from the exactly yeah. and it was cool because I, I, I love war history and I read a book called Chicken Hawk so I'm talking to the pilot and I said I know what you're doing so he's he's he can't lift off, yeah. but he can turn and he can use that get slope and get some forward speed and he pulls up and he's like, oh yeah, I read Chicken Hawk. He was a military pilot. He was an army pilot. Yeah. So he's a cool dude too. His name was Anthony, and uh, anyhow we got lifted off. Well, I'm drugged now, so I'm kind of enjoying myself and and uh, it still hurt. There's no doubt that somebody was humming and I yeah. couldn't get comfortable because you couldn't extend your leg yeah. like laying flat. Yeah. So I'm just like because it was in about a ninety is about as comfortable as I could get it and. I'm pointing out like mesas and stuff, and we flew over Eagle Tail and mm-hmm. got out over the interstate, and then I kind of went out a little bit. She'd hit me. They were going to go to Denver, but there was a massive storm up there that they'd had to fly too far around. They were going to Albuquerque, and I didn't. You know how we're kind of behind in New Mexico in some ways. <laughs> I was like, I want to go to Denver, you know, to hospital. I'm thinking because medical. Well, it turns out UNM is the top trauma center in the region, yeah. and you want to go to UNM. Yeah, I said they get lots of practice being in Albuquerque. Yeah. Uh, so, Fair statement. Yeah, yeah, I can't argue that one. But so we go, and, and I woke up a time or two, and I remember we had to fly out around Vegas, and I could see like Hermit's Peak and all that, mm-hmm. and this just big, mean thunderstorm. And I, I know country we're going over. You know, I can see the Canadian Gorge and all that stuff. And that helicopter would start shaking real hard. Well, I always look at the pilot. It's like watching the flight attendants on yeah. the plane. Like, are we crashing here? Do they get nervous? And, I'm, and, and she'd see me getting a little anxiety, and she would hit me again. And she'd let me talk some, yeah. um, but they, he was definitely paying attention getting around that storm. And, and you know, it would, you would hit like some turbulence out by it because it's like right there. And we go around. Finally, I, you know, I remember getting, I got real hot and we opened some windows up and they were hot too. They're in their flight suits. And we go and we ended up landing in, uh, at, at UNM there and um, they offloaded me. And uh, I remember later on seeing I have a bunch of Marine buddies down there in Albuquerque. And uh, he knew one of the girls that worked in the ER, and all their pagers flashed across, life flight inbound bear mauling victim. So it had everybody in the hospital's attention, especially right. in the ER side of it. And that's a big hospital. Yeah. So they all wanted to see this. You know, they were interested. It wasn't just your normal yeah. car wreck deal. Yeah. So I had this huge welcoming party when forget, I got to the hospital. Forget gunshots. We see that all right. the time. That's right. See a bear. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's exactly right. And they were all kind of crowded around. I just remember seeing loads of people, and I was kind of back to myself. You know, I'm talkative idiot and uh, so I you know I was talking to these different people and stuff around and she, of course Janelle was on inbound you know she wasn't there they started poking at it looking at it and I couldn't take that very well at all even on the morphine I just remember that morphine not working like I thought it should but uh, they poke and, and the one doc said we just we just need to put him in surgery he's gonna have to go anyways and then we'll clean it out you know um, and so they uh, they took me in this room and they hit me with something, and they said, we're going to hit you. And they, they might have told me to count down from 100 or something. Yeah. I made it like 98. And, yeah. and boom, I just, and I and then that was it. And I remember waking up, and Janelle was there. 
Besides in surgery, about four hours, and they had like a whole team of them working and sewing it. Uh, there was over 200 stitches. It was hard to count because they were running stitches. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. or it wasn't just an individual stitch. They were run- but if you counted this, but we tried to figure it out. The kids thought that was fun. And uh, there was uh, over 200 for sure enough sutures, and uh, it was 35 inches of laceration. They had to sew up four layers of muscle back to the bone from the hamstring and the gastroc there at that joint, you know, basically the back of your knee. And I sewed all that up, and uh, I woke up sewn up, you know. So like I said, I didn't really get ever explore that stuff very much. Um, and I uh, woke up sewn up, and then I ended up staying in the hospital for seven days in trauma. Um, I, um, I, uh, I got really infected. Um, you, Kyle, text me um, that text from Colonel Griego mm-hmm. about Ron Bergman, the doctor in Montana, that's the form. This guy, uh, Rodney, is the foremost guy on bear bites yeah. or bear attacks. And the, they bring Alaska victims yeah. Yeah. to him. So, so he's in Montana. I guess I can kind of kind of step in because uh, on that, so, uh, and I don't mix Nada Grande with my job much, but within my job, I, I do um, respond to, to bear or I guess I should say wildlife incidences. And so with that, I I did uh, deal with people who have obviously connections. And so uh, talking to Colonel Griego, there was this, there was a doctor in, in Alaska who dealt specifically with bear bites. And, and I text that to you and said, Hey, I know you guys. You guys have you know right, people right. in there who are doing good work, but you might call this guy. Right, right, right. And they uh, that that turned out to be a big, big deal. Um, I, I thought first of all, doctors a lot of time. I have some great doctor friends, but they're they're smarter than we are, and they know it. And uh, not all of them, you know. But that's one thing I have to say about UNM. Um, is I gave them that, and I thought they'll never look at this, and I didn't think it was all that important at the time. But then I, you know, I started getting really infected, and that's when I, I pushed it. I, it was those, it was the singular punctures, more the holes in my in my uh, thigh, in my inner thigh. See, you think about it, um, he's punching bacteria way deep. They, yeah. they, some of them were like three inches deep, where he had, you know, just crushed into there, you know. And, yeah pushed them in three inches. Well, you got that bacteria. They weren't able to irrigate it like they were those big open lacerations. They have yeah. like a pressure washer mm-hmm. and um, that they said they cleaned it with. And so they, um, that, that, those were the spots on the inner thigh that start that, that red just started growing like a cloud, yeah. like up my leg. Yeah. And um, it, they got extremely, extremely concerned about it. And um, when uh, the, I got them to call Ber- Bergman, or I, I wanted to make sure I was actually going to get insistent about it, you know, like point blank, you and are going I, to call this guy. And I remember telling you, hey, not telling you what to do, but this is your you did, That if was your was words. Me, that yeah. was your words verbatim. And, but they already had called him. Yeah. So they have a way they can check him out, check oh, his yeah. creds, yeah. basically, because yeah. they don't know who this guy is, right? They check him out, and they're like, okay. They they called him. He he asked them, did he have singular punctures? They said, yes, not just all lacerations. He said, what did you do? With they said, we sewed him shut. They sewed all this shut. And he said, Open Bad mistake. Up. Open them up. And then he explained to them. He, he wanted to know what kind of the antibiotics they had. They had me on like two kinds at the time. And the they needed to have me on one. Bears have a certain bacteria in their body and in their mouth that make them able to eat anything. We know bears mm-hmm. can eat anything. You know That's why they can live with all kinds of parasites. And they actually thrive 
where another animal would get poor, they'd die from it. Yeah. This bacteria is what keeps them going, evidently. Well, it creates a different kind of infection. So they put me on this vancomycin, which I guess is something that they would never use for an, 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 a situation like this. That particular kind of antibiotic, this, the doctor's like, vancomycin, you know. So he explains to him that it's, that's the only thing he's ever found that reasonably treats that bacteria. And I don't remember what it was called. Right. It's a $10 word. And um, anyhow, they got me on that. And it had already spread, you know, from like just above my knee and my inner thigh to all the way to the top of my groin, over the top of my leg, over my knee. I mean, it was just like a cloud. They kept tracing it, yeah. and it would just grow and grow. It got spooky, yeah. you know, as you're watching this, like, angry red cloud growing over. But that got it reducing. And so, anyways, yeah. they ended up right at the end. Um, they test, They had orthopedics come in and test me for feeling, thinking about nerves. That's something I hadn't even considered to that point. You just couldn't move. And um, I had zero feeling in lots of my leg. And they, they tested me with, like, he took literally two ink pens and made me close my eyes so I couldn't see him touching it. And um, anyways, uh, he, he made me close my eyes and, uh, you know, where I couldn't cheat, basically, and he would touch me with these pens and I couldn't feel anything. Uh, I could feel the bottom of my foot. That was the tibial side a little bit. It turns out, uh, just to make a long story short, he had severed, he severed my perineal nerve, and that's what's still haunting me. So my leg's basically paralyzed from the knee down right now. And I, I'm getting around the brace, you know, some, yeah. and uh, pretty good on level ground. But otherwise, you know, it was a long, I was in bed about three and a half months, pretty much. Okay. Hear Janelle tell the story. That was the worst part of everything. Yeah, she was said she... to deal with you in bed. That's right. She said that <laughs> the bear should have at least uh, detached my vocal cords. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that was what she said she wished he would have done. So, yeah, that was trying, you know. And, but it was... Um, there was a uh, lot, lots of little things. One thing I'll say, there were several people. So thank everybody at UNM, the doctor staff, uh, and my, my uh, Dr. Veach, my orthopedic guy, Dr. Mercer, my surgeon, and um, the, the staff there, all the Game and Fish guys that helped here, you know, like Clinton and them. I mean, they went out of their way. And, um, and then just uh, the local community, you know, they raised... Um, they raised $17,500 for me at the fair this year. That was amazing. I was actually there. Um, were, you, were you? Yeah. I was okay. working the ring that night. Oh, that's and, right. That's and, right. Yeah. Uh, here at the local okay. Colfax County Fair, they, they had a, a couple of um, uh, painting or something like that. And, that's uh, right. They and, and the Weisdorfers uh, don, yeah, donated their hogs. They auctioned yeah. it off. And as soon as somebody would buy it, they'd donate it back and they'd auction right. it off again. And then the two uh, Weisdorfer daughters, uh, good friends of, of ours, mm -hmm. um, took their animals that they were going to take to the state fair, their, their pigs that they were going to take to the state fair, and auctioned those and donated that money to you. And so, yeah, that local community support yeah. was amazing. Yeah, so that was a huge – we had, a, you know, my deductible is 10000 bucks. Why not? We don't get hurt. Yeah. We don't ever get hurt, right. people like us, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, anyway, so that was that was incredible. So the the local community is so good here. I I can't say enough about that. My kids' animals sold for ridiculous amounts of money, and I know that was a sympathy thing, you know, um, but much appreciated. And then um, just <clears throat> people in general, just all the support from you and from everyone it was this i think we were in the hospital a day and a half where i could finally kind of wake up and like look at your phone and things like mm -hmm. that and uh i quit counting at 150 texts people weren't really calling some were they called janelle but like they didn't want to bother you so they were texting um and uh, she started having to use facebook and put out like these mass messages because yeah. she couldn't keep up with it she literally could not keep up with it and uh that was incredibly humbling just the 
you, you don't even know you know that many people, much less that many people that care. And they're not kidding. Like, you're like can we go feed your dogs? Can we go feed your... Right. your I had a bunch of yearlings turned out this summer. Um, I had... it was That was super, super humbling. I mean, yeah. That was an incredible... That was probably the neatest part of the whole thing was was how many people care. And that, that shows me and like what y'all are doing, um, community-type services. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um how important that is that changed my perspective. And I, I tithe, you know, I mean, I give to our church and I, I donate to charities. I'm not patting myself on the back. I don't give enough, I'm sure. But like that is really important, you know, yeah. how we take care of each other. And whether we're taking new people hunting or, or you know, whatever it is we're doing, you you got to, we're so, as a society, so, so self-centered, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all about me and instant gratification, instant satisfaction. Um it's just gone that way, you know, and it's like, you know, the forties when during the great war, I mean, it was, there was no Republicans or Democrats. I mean, everybody was in behind everybody supporting and things like that. And and I think that's, it it really opened my eyes to see that. And there, but there in, in this dark world we live in or dark times where we're so divided, there are still so many wonderful people. It is just, it's overwhelming, you know, and that, that was, that was the thing I'm probably most thankful for of the whole deal is just open your eyes as to how good people are. Yeah. You know, how, you know, how there's still so many wonderful people out there. Yeah. That was a, that was a, that was a, a, a blessing, I will call it. You know, so there's been some, and I'm sure there's things to come. I think God has a plan for everything. I know he does. And uh, <clears throat> I just know that maybe that's the end of it, you know, but there's something I, I think will come from it, you know, yeah. at some point. It does with all of us, you know, no matter yeah. what, so. Anyways, I'm sorry to talk your stinking legs. Oh, my oh, no. God. That was That's well worth it. Great like, story. I, you, know, you asked for it. I did. I did yeah. ask for it. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, just amazing the clarity, the information. Um, I think if you if you had any advice, if you had any advice for outdoorsmen or, or things mm-hmm. like that when it comes to, to predator hunting and things like mm-hmm. that, um, what what would you leave us with? Mm-hmm. Um, I've had plenty of time to think about that. Um, <laughs> you know, my granddad always said, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, so there's been lots of ifs and buts. But um, I think um, complacency was a big deal. And, and whether you're a, a game warden or an outfitter or a, a, um, a, just a recreational hunter, anybody, um, you, you know, just you know things can happen that doesn't mean to live in fear either and that's a thing that i think a person's got to you know you get bit by a snake every time you go out you could but how many times does it really happen you also get struck by lightning yeah um there's you can't live in fear but i just think the the complacency would be the biggest thing i'd wave off on that you know when you're around a dangerous predator or something like that or you know, walking down a dark canyon yeah. late after, after giving the respect they're yeah. due. Basically. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and just be aware. You can't live in fear, and I'd say be prepared. And I can't. I will say this, and there was that article written on it, and I'll, I'll show you guys that. Um, they talk about bear spray, and um, you, you know, and, and they really push that hard, like really hard. That it's way more effective than a firearm. Well, this Dean Weingarten that wrote this story on there has compiled lots and lots of data. See, bear spray is all tested in controlled environments, yeah. campground bears and things like that. They're not raging mad trying to tear you in half. Yeah. Right. The only time when a firearm's been tested in situations in the, like in, this. In, in the yeah. And comparatively and statistically, the man is flat proven. The efficacy of a firearm is way more than the efficacy of bear spray. They, we read, I've read, because I, I got interested in it as I, as I laid yeah. there doing nothing. Sure. 
watching YouTube all day, you know, and, and uh, they, they will, there's been a, countless stories where they will run through a cloud of bear spray. Half the time the wind's wrong and you're pepper sprayed, and yeah. this bear doesn't mm-hmm. care. It doesn't phase them some bucks. They're, so they're tough beyond belief. Well, yeah. I, I can imagine that just because um, I carry that stuff in order to become a law enforcement officer. You have to you got to take it, You right? have to take it. Ugh. And there is a certain percentage of the population that does not affect. I am one of those. So, um, so it doesn't phase you? It doesn't phase me. It felt, it, when they sprayed me, it felt like a sunburn on my face. You're kidding me. No. Okay. And so I can imagine that, it, you know. Compared to an enraged compared bear. Compared to an enraged bear. And not right. only that. Um, just going to piss him off. You're just going to piss right. him off. And the yeah. chance of getting yourself. Then you get it. And a lot of those stories, and that I'm, happens. I'm not advocating that. Anybody should carry a firearm who doesn't want to or doesn't isn't competent with a firearm. That you um, become more of a risk to yourself absolutely. or the people around if, you. If you if yeah. if that's an option, if that's the only option, yeah. you know, if you're not going, if you don't want to become proficient with a firearm, don't want to carry a firearm, don't carry, carry the bear, bear spray. It's better than it's nothing. Better than nothing. It's absolutely better than nothing. But yeah, uh, like you said, I, I'm with you. I, I'd rather have that gun on my hip. I would too. I know what that thing can do. Yeah. I don't know what you, you don't ever know. Outcome on the, but if I can keep my cool or you can or whoever's listening, I, I think that you're money ahead with a firearm. But like that's a very good point. I shouldn't leave it where just everybody go buy a gun. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I advocate that everyone should buy a gun. You know, for personal defense, if anything. But you also, it's a it's a crazy dangerous thing if not handled properly. Yeah. And so yeah. Yeah. It needs to be. It's not something to be taken lightly. Go learn. You know. Yeah. Go yeah. take courses. <clears throat> There's lots of stuff available. Um, go get your CCW. You can learn a lot there. Um, so yeah, you want to become proficient with it. But I, I do, where people juggle that, if you are a firearm owner um, and you're proficient with a firearm, carry your gun. Yeah. If, yeah. If, in those sorts of situations, yeah. That's, that's what I'd say. So just don't ever get too complacent. Um, it would be, would be the, the biggest thing there, I guess I'd say, Kyle. And my deal is a little unique, and I don't blame the bear. No. I, I really don't. No. He was just doing what, he was a little extra nasty, but that's okay. That's him. Yeah, I can be a little he's nasty like, too. Like Rodney, he's a little bit grumpy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just that way. Yep. Yeah. But I, so I don't blame him. I always try to make that clear. I, I don't. I, I don't want to go kill every bear in the world now because of this. And um, uh, you know, they're well, they're a big, large predator, and I, I put myself in the situation. Not having not having gone through it, you know, I, I can't speak firsthand, but I, having dealt with many bears over the course of my life, uh, I would think it probably gives you a greater respect for the amount of power that those animals have right yeah so yeah it was it was pretty violent as far as that you know compared to like a you know a big cave or something yeah. like that you know they're strong but like this sunbuck was just it was gnarly it was kind of i don't mean to sound goofy here but it was kind of neat yeah to get to experience that kind of power you know yeah so i i, uh, I mean it was it was pretty immense yeah you're you're not gonna fight him back you just got to use your head and that's the that's Survive. where the, the gun is the great equalizer, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's where you know I won the fight, but he still left a lot to remember him by. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Man, this is uh, one of the coolest podcasts that we've done. I'm I'm yeah. extremely happy that we got a chance to meet with the Bridger and you bet. and maybe down the road we'll we'll uh, get a chance to talk to you again. I still want to go on a line. Oh yeah, you. come anytime. So yeah. Very good. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Adios. We will check you, check you later. Adios. Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.